Podcast number 100, Bad Habits, Ed Sheeran. In this composition, we see a perfect example of modern songwriting at its highest level. The vocals, the arrangement, the construction, every aspect offers all songwriters at every level a reservoir of ideas and techniques that are perfect for any style of musical composition. First of all, let's look at the overall architecture. It's in 4-4 time in the key of D major. The chords in the key of D major are D, E minor, F sharp minor, G, A, B minor, and C sharp diminished. I will play those for you now. One chord, D major, two chord, E minor, three chord, F sharp minor, four chord, G major, five chord, A major, six chord, B minor, seven chord, C sharp diminished. The overall architecture is we have an introduction, a verse, chorus, a refrain, verse two, chorus two, refrain two, a bridge, and then the chorus for the third time, and then ending with the refrain. The introduction. The introduction is eight measures long. An introduction usually sets the key, the tempo, the rhythms used, the feel, the general overall feel, and elements such as melodic accompanying and rhythmic hooks to follow. We will see this in this introduction. First of all, let's look at the harmony, the chord progression. As in most songs of today, we have four chords. In this one, we have B minor, which is the sixth chord, D major, but this time it's D major seventh. The major seventh is an extension of the one chord, or usually the four chord. It doesn't add pull or dissonance, but it adds more color to that chord. Then we have a D chord with the F sharp in the bass. In other words, we're going to a G chord, the four chord. And if you move from D to G, the F sharp in the bass pulls you to that G, F sharp to G. Then we have the G chord pulling to the A chord. So we have B minor the six, D the one, G the four, and A the five. So in other words, we have six, one, four, five. Now, if you're not familiar with the numbering system, Roman numbers are used because all the keys are relatively the same and the chords have the same functions. As in a family, they all have roles. So here, if you were to transpose this song, if you use the numbers, you could print out on the internet a list of all the keys. This would be a major key. And then it, just by using the numbers, you could transpose it easily to any key. Also, if you're interested in, in learning more about chord extensions and substitutions, please see podcast episode number 73. Now let's listen to the chords. First of all, there are two layers of chord rhythms in most music. First of all, we have how long each chord is held for. So I will play our example slowly now. The B minor is for one measure, four beats. The D major seventh is for three beats. And then one beat, we have the D with the F sharp. And then we have another measure of G for four beats. And then in the next measure, we have the G again for three beats and one beat of A. So I will play that slowly now. The total song is built on that chord progression. B minor for four beats. D major 7 for 3 beats, and D with F-sharp bass for 1 beat. 
G chord held for four beats, then G for another three beats, moving to an A chord for one beat. So now that's the first layer of rhythm. Now that's important when you're writing your songs. First of all, you decide what chords and how long they're held for. Now the next thing is what rhythm you put to those chords because this becomes a rhythmic hook that holds the song together. Now when you see Ed play this song, he uses power chords for the B minor, the D, the G, and the A, and he puts a certain rhythm to it. I will play that for you now, slowly. Notice how at the end he actually holds the G chord for three and a half beats and then a beat and a half for the A. This is so important to make a rhythmic hook with after you decide what chords you want to use and how long they are held for. Podcast episodes numbers 52 and 53 deal with this. So the introduction so far has given us a rhythmic hook and the tempo and the key and the chords to be used throughout the song. Also now we will hear a counter melody which also is used throughout and becomes a counter melody hook. I will now play that for us slowly so we can hear each note. So, so far we had the first four measures. We have the chords, we have the counter melody. Now, those four measures are repeated, but this time Ed comes in singing ooh, and this will also become an important part of the song on the short phrase he sings now. I will play that. What we have just seen is a counter melody with another melody layered above it. In a great deal of music history, music was conceived as counter melodies interacting with each other. This style of music known as counterpoint, especially reaching its high point in the 16th and 18th centuries, creating some of the finest compositions ever written, especially vocal. Today, most of our music is conceived with vertical harmonies supporting horizontal melodies, but we hear counterpoint in the supporting vocal and instrumental accompaniments. Think of all the background parts, whether vocal, guitars, horns, strings, whatever it may be. If you are interested, I composed a work titled Space, which is on YouTube, conceived purely in the contrapuntal style of composition. As mentioned earlier, this introduction, in this introduction, we see the tonality, the tempo, the rhythm, melodic, rhythmic, and accompaniment hooks, which are developed as the piece evolves. Now we have the verse. Verse one. This verse is 16 measures long and we have four four measure phrases. Now at this point I would like to say, not to break any copyright laws, please listen to the original recording. I will, however, play some examples. The first thing we notice is the chords and counter melody of the introduction form the foundation on which the verse is constructed. 
Through interviews and articles, most producers and songwriters will build the foundation first, then layer the melody and counter melodies, much like a painter layers color on the first layer applied to a canvas. Phrase one, the lyrics. Every time you come around, you know I can't say no. Here, I will play the melody supporting these lyrics. Here, I'd like to point out one of the most important techniques in music. For the first measure, for the lyrics, every time you come around, we have two notes back and forth, C sharp and D. In the second measure for the lyrics, you know I can't say, we have D, C sharp, D, C sharp, and then we have the notes B and A. In almost every composition we see this, repetition of notes for new lyrics as the chord background changes, the color of the notes and the feeling and meaning of the lyrics is altered due to the relationship of the notes to the chord. Remember, chord tones lack tension or consonant. Non-chord tones create dissonance and varying shades of color. Against the B minor chord, the C sharp is the second, a non-chord tone, and the D is the third, a chord tone. Now against the D major seventh, the D is the root, and the C sharp is the major seventh, a very colorful emotional note. To illustrate my point, I will play C sharp and D back and forth against the B minor. Then I will play C sharp and D back and forth against the D major seventh chord and see if you can feel the difference in emotion. Now I know D and B minor are very close to each other and so the overall effect is very slight but it's there and especially at the tempo of this song, I believe you subconsciously feel it rather than consciously hear it. The point I am trying to stress is that repetition and repetition with variation is one of the most, if not the most commonly used technique in all genres of music. And one of the ways to achieve this is to repeat a melody with new chords. So as a songwriter, you don't have to say, sit down and say, okay, non-chord tone, chord tone. But if you repeat a melody or a phrase and use different chords, you will see what a great technique this is. Also very important is the fact that this phrase actually takes only the first two measures, then the melody rests for six beats, letting the music breathe. This is vitally important to reach the listener and to make the music and lyrics intelligible. Phrase two, every time the sun goes down, I let you take control. Phrase two is exactly the same as phrase one, except the last note on the syllable troll of control moves up to the note B instead of the note G of the first phrase. This is another common technique when repeating a phrase, a different ending. And both notes are chord tones, for on the lyric of the first phrase, the last lyric no, it's a G, the root of the G chord. And then for control, the troll uh, syllable 
we have B, which is the third of the G chord, another chord tone. So both cases were ending on a consonant note. Phrase three, I can feel the paradise before my world implodes. This phrase is interesting in that it is very similar to phrase one and two, practically a sequence. A sequence is a restatement of a phrase or motive at a higher or lower level. In other words, starting on a different note. Here it starts a fourth higher on the note F sharp. Sequence and sequence with variation is an important technique to create interest and continuity. Momentum is increased with the addition of a drum beat and the bass line. The accompaniment counter melody is retained. Let me give you an example of a sequence. In the first two phrases we had, in the first measure of each phrase, we had C sharp D, C sharp D, C sharp D, C sharp. Now, in the third phrase, we have the notes F sharp E going back and forth, but we start on the higher note. Instead of going C sharp D, which is lower to higher, now we're going F sharp E, F sharp B, e, F sharp E. Let me play that for you so you can hear. So it's a sequence higher, but reversing the, the order of the notes a little bit. And we hear the sequence against the same chords and the same background. Using a sequence or a sequence varied is a great way to create your music. Also, I'd like to say, in many of my podcasts, I always try and inspire people and recommend that you, for a songwriter, to play the keyboard is vital, to play the guitar and to play the drums and to sing all the time whether you're a singer or not. With YouTube, it is very easy to learn the basics of, on any instrument, what you would need to create a modern song. In addition, singing will get the music inside you. In earlier podcasts where we improvise melody, I recommend singing as you improvise. And playing the drums has been proven to aid you physically, psychologically, in so many ways I couldn't even begin to explain. Just start with a pair of sticks and sing along with your favorite music. In that regards, when we talk about sequence, that's how people sing harmony most of the time who have no training or music. What they're doing is they're singing sequences above and below the main melody as it is played. So for example, when you're in the car, if you're by yourself, sing the melody, but sing it at a higher level, and then try and sing it at a lower level, you might say, well, wait, how I don't know what notes. It doesn't matter. Your ear will adjust, and if it doesn't adjust right away, believe me, it will. Here, I'd like to give you a little example now. I will play C, D, E, D, C, and then I will play a sequence, a third higher, E, F, G, F, E, and then I'll play them together, and you'll hear the two-part harmony. And the fourth phrase, the fourth phrase starts with a pickup from the end of the third phrase. And the lyrics are, and tonight had something wonderful. As the background accompaniment continues, the melody changes slightly. However, most notable is that the accompaniment lasts for only two measures, then abruptly drops out for the lyrics full and my bad habits lead to. 
This technique is extremely useful for one, emphasizing the lyrics. It shines a light on it. In this instance, it is the title. Secondly, it signals something is important is about to occur. Here, the entrance of the chorus. The chorus, what most consider to be the essence of any song. So at the end of the verse, as the music drops out, we hear my bad habits lead to. Now, even though it's at the end of the verse, it's really a pickup to the chorus. And most importantly, we hear four notes, F sharp, E, E, and D, for the lyrics habits lead to. This becomes a melodic hook, which is heard eight more times in the chorus. Notice how this melodic hook is associated with the title. The chorus. As is common practice with the entrance of a new section, especially the chorus, we see noticeable changes in melody and accompaniment. There are 16 measures divided into four four-measure phrases using the same chord progression, but all else has been altered. The chorus actually begins at the end of the verse, as I mentioned, with the phrase, My bad habits lead to featuring the F-sharp E-E-D hook. Now the accompaniment features for the first time a strong drum beat on each quarter note beat along with the bass line using octaves to play the root of every chord. The four phrases are practically the same with slight variation to accommodate new lyrics. To achieve variety in the first two phrases, the counter melody is eliminated returning for the third and fourth phrases, creating more momentum and dynamics. We also notice a very drastic change in the phrasing. In the verse, we heard two measure phrases followed by six or seven beats of the melody resting, which, as I mentioned, lets the music breathe. In the chorus, the melody never rests, maybe for an eighth note or so for Ed to take a breath. As I mentioned, the four-note hook heard in the pickup to the chorus is now heard eight more times with the following lyrics. Part of conversations with A, and then this will be the, nothing left to, habits lead to, no, I lose control, looking for a, happens after, and habits lead to. The whole chorus is one perfect example of repetition and repetition with variation. Now we come to the refrain. A refrain from the Latin to repeat is a line or lines repeated in poetry or music. It used to refer to the chorus of a song, but today it is used more as a short section, possibly after the chorus, containing the main lyrical and musical hooks. And that's exactly what we have here. Right after the chorus, we hear the lyrics, ooh, sung with a melisma. A melisma is more than one note on a syllable. And my bad habits lead to you, then ooh again, and my bad habits lead to you. We have eight measures and four phrases. The construction is ingenious in that it combines two main melodic hooks. First, the ooh, that we heard Ed sing in the introduction is now heard with a slight variation. Then my bad habits lead to you, of course, is the hook that we heard in the chorus. Then the next ooh is exactly the same as we heard in the introduction. 
and then we hear, My Bad Habits Lead to You, the main lyrical melodic hook containing the title. For continuity's sake, this is heard above the background we just heard in the chorus. So even though we hear new elements, the transition is smooth. This is a great technique for all songwriters because if you want to introduce something new, no matter how different, if you retain certain elements, you dovetail it, creating a smooth transition. Beethoven was a master of this. In episode number 99, my interview with Kate Schutt, she explains how she takes the title first, builds the hook, builds a refrain and or chorus, and then the song evolves. And this is the dominant method in Nashville. So this is a great lesson to be learned. Also, please listen to episode number 57, The Hook. Now we move back to the verse, which is heard with new lyrics, which is normal for the verse because that it tells the ongoing story. And there is a slight change in the accompaniment. But for the most part, it is the same. And then we go to the chorus and the refrain again, which contain the same lyrics, which is the norm, in order to make the song, the song memorable to the listener. And with the refrain, often creating an earworm. That's where a melody or a phrase gets stuck in your mind. And now, something totally new. The bridge. The lyrics to the bridge are, We took the long way round and burned till the fun ran out. In podcasts number eight and nine, I analyze the modern bridge. This differs from the older bridge in that the bridge usually referred to the middle section of most 20th, mid-20th century standard songs where the verse was labeled A and the contrasting middle section labeled B, creating the popular song form A-A-B-A. Now, however, in modern music, the bridge refers to a section featuring something totally different, adding fresh elements into the song. Here we see a textbook example of a modern bridge. Everything changes. The harmony, although the same, features the chords, the B minor D, D with the F sharp bass, G and A, with an E minor seventh added just before the final measure. The chords are sustained, though, held over an eighth note bass, no octaves, just the root. The phrases are also held elongated, not rushed, with quite a bit of space between them. The first phrase, we took the long way round. Is created from the second half of the ooh, the introductory melody. The second phrase, and burn till the fun ran out. This is reminiscent of the first two phrases of the verse, where the first phrase ended on one note and the second phrase on another, although similar. We see the same type of construction here. At the end of the bridge, we hear the main lyrical melodic hook, My Bad Habits Lead to You, which returns us to the chorus with the accompaniment altered a little bit for variety, and then the song ends with the refrain not fading out with repetition, but coming to a definite end. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I'd like to leave you with this quote by Albert Einstein. 
Strive not to be a success, but rather to be a value. Thank you once again. Take care. Joe.